Hello and welcome to Florida Basketball Hour. I am Neil Blackman, Saturday Down South. Eric Fawcett is away for this episode, so I will be joined by the great Malik Grady. Um, Y'all heard the Malik join Eric on the front court episode we're going to use. Uh, Malik from time to time this season with with Eric coaching and me coaching again. So just kind of a heads up to listeners about that. But I think Malik, who has his own Orlando Magic podcast, fills in uh, beautifully. And we think you guys will really enjoy this show. It's the last of our season preview shows where we take a real deep dive into Florida's schedule. So um, lots to talk about. Hope everyone had a good time at the cocktail party despite the result. Anybody headed to College Station, enjoy yourselves. Quite an incredible environment out there. And basketball will return on Monday night. We'll have a Stony Brook preview up this weekend. So Thank you for listening. Remember to rate us, heart us on Spotify. Give us a rating, drop a review at Apple and iTunes. Any of that stuff helps uh, as we are seeking sponsorships. So appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Florida Basketball Hour. I am Neil Blackman, Saturday Down South, joined by my man Malik Grady. Um, Eric Fawcett might be here, uh, but we got Malik tonight, so it's going to be fantastic because Malik's going to drop some some recruiting knowledge, and he's going to hit us up with some fun takes on uh, Florida's schedule. The schedule show is a show I wanted to do for a long time, and I'm really happy to have Malik here for the first schedule show. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, obviously, huge time fan of you guys. Listen to every episode and glad to be a part of it with the actual, you know, pod father of the show and, um, you know, kind of going one-on-one. So I'm looking forward to this very much. Yeah, it should be good. Um, I wanted to to do a few minutes on Florida recruiting. We're not going to get like super in depth on, on what these players skill sets are or any of that stuff. It's just sort of this, this overarching theme. And, and Malik and I were talking about it before, we came on the air to, to peek behind the fourth wall a little bit. And then it really seems like Malik Florida is going to focus on the 2024 class and just go super big with that particular recruiting class. Yeah. When you look at all the names of the offers that they've had for that class, I mean, uh, you know, golden said, Hey, I'm going to go after, you know, top transfers, but then also go after the, you know, top 30 players. And he's been good to his word for the 2024 class, like, you know, five-star, five-star, four-star, top 30, top 25, uh, top 15 guys that they're offering and trying to get on their on their visit lists and, you know, being uh, seen with them and sending coaches out to them. So it's, it's really exciting for that 2024 class. And then you look at this current class, they're not really talking to anybody because they've already kind of set things. But um, it's kind of setting up for an incredible showdown because – Obviously, they can't take everyone, but they've put out the welcome mat for a lot of guys for next year's class at a lot of different positions of need at wing and guard and even a couple of bigs and all. So it's, it's exciting to, to watch. Yeah, it is. It's really exciting. And and one thing that I think is super interesting is is Florida has uh, – they have really focused – you just mentioned it. I mean, they focused on, on your kind of off-ball guard, your shooting guards – um, they've offered the top three shooting guards in the country, Malik. Yeah. Well, and it was interesting because I, I spoke speaking to Coach Sapphire, and I was like, what is it about – what are you looking for in these guys? Because there's a certain kind of body type and 
a guy that you seem to be going for size and, and that kind of thing, but what is it that you're saying? Why are you going after these guys? And he was like, we're looking for shot making and usage. And I even reiterated that with Coach Golden uh, when I spoke to him a week and a half ago, saying, hey, you know, supposed to have, I admit this about these guys. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what we want. We got guys that are shot makers and are good at having the ball in their hands because those are the guys that really impact games and really change games and all. So, you know, that's why Trey Bonham, a lot of shot making, a lot of usage, Lofton a, a little less so, but still quite, made quite a few shots from usage. But you look at all these kind of 6'1", 6'2", kind of water bug type guards, much like Jamari Bouye, much like um, even I think Khalil that they had there as well, those kind of smaller guys. But in college, if they if you can do that, it's hard to guard those guys. If they can score from outside and inside, if they can draw fouls, they can really be an engine to your offense uh, that you that you really need in college basketball. So, yeah. Yeah, and then they've kind of gone stretch four at the power forward spot, which makes sense with the like four around one system that he wants to play at least some of the time. Um, it's it's nice to have a guy like Thomas Hawk on board, whether or not you think he's a three or somebody who will grow into his body and become sort of the that Brady Manic type of, of a guy that can hit the, the perimeter jump shot. Obviously, uh, if you've seen Montverde play, you know that's where um, Asa Newell plays. Um, and I think Florida should be in really pretty good shape there, at least to get in like the final hat on the table. Like mm-hmm. I think – I think you're looking at a Georgia, Florida, Arkansas deal. Um, I know NATO. It's I saw that Newell said NATO calls him and recruits him the hardest, but you know he says that he's known Mike White the longest. Of course, um, kind of makes sense, yeah, course, yeah. right? It, Pastrana and Mike White. He's known forever because they were recruiting him to Florida, and Florida I think offered him um, first, and then you know uh, Mike Woodson is the one interesting one that's kind of out of the sec uh and and with indiana kind of trying to get a foothold in florida now as 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 mike tries to build that program up up in hoosier land but it does even though that's just two guys it sort of seems like that's the type of roster fit that they want at that spot yeah well and, and also those kind of you know forwards the six seven six eight even six nine guys that can play make and create all that kind of stuff those are the kind of guys that you don't just get other ways they don't just come off of the transfers uh they're not uh you know you don't really necessarily develop those guys they're right. kind of the, the born not made type of guys and you know going after Austin Newell going after RJ Jones going after even you know guys like Sammy Yane uh those are, are those kind of bigger forwards that you can plug and play. You can put them at the three, put them at the four, even go up to the two, can guard a bunch of different positions. And again, you can't get them any other way. It's just like in free agency. You know, you can maybe get a point guard. You can get a center. But you're not getting your big-time wings unless you have a huge amount of money to spend, and then everyone else is spending too. You just cannot get those guys any other way but developing your, yourself and drafting them. And I think that's what, um, you know, Coach is saying. And even in the guys like he's trying to get, like Will Richard um, and – uh, you know, Kwesi Reeves, those those kind of bigger wings. So you can sometimes get them in that way, but they're such a high premium. You really have to focus on that. And I'm glad that he's doing that for the upcoming classes. Yeah, Florida's most recent offer um, was Boogie Fland, uh, who is a top – it depends on your service, I guess. 
Um, I tend to use a 24-7 composite. Not because I think twenty four seven is is the best in basketball. I've actually like it just Eric and I compare though. Yeah, it's the composite just seems the easiest to use because it's it's yeah. it, it aggregates. Um, so number eleven in the twenty four seven composite, um, Fland, kind of considered a North Carolina lean, but um, that's all, you know, it's interesting because he was kind of considered like a Villanova lean and then Jay Wright retired. So to me, now that he's a North Carolina lean, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. It just means that he very smartly thinks that that is a, a handsome shade of, of blue that they wear, <laughs> undoubtedly. Uh, but right, he's right. exact, you know, same deal, though. Usage, shot making. Um, and then the other thing, the one that I would add to that, although a couple of them you mentioned are small, they also do seem to like the kind of city build, even if you're smaller, like kind of Trey Bonham is real strong. Uh, okay. They went, they went and got Kyle Lofton. Why who's are we a, yeah. Who's, who's a physical guard, right? Even okay. though, even though he's, you know, six, four, not a super athlete, it doesn't mean that he's not strong and physical. Right. And I think pound for pound. Yeah. When you see a guy like Boogie Fland, you know, he's he's from White Plains, but he plays his, you know, youth ball in the city, uh, riding the train in and, and you know, like he's mm-hmm. not afraid to scrap. And I think they like that kind of competitive edge. The the dog in the in the lungs, Jif. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's also I like having the, the White Plains kind of guy because you get that uh, connection to uh Coach Hartman, which that's kind of his stomping grounds, and also Sapphire, yeah, yeah. upstate New York uh, ties as well. So they know that area well. They have a lot of guys up there who tell them stuff, say, "Hey, this is the guy to look out for." That kind of stuff. So you know, maybe knowing a cousin here or a nephew there, <laughs> you know, uh, that that kind of stuff can, can help you out in not only assessment but also those connections. You know, so. No, uh, good, good, good stuff. Good points. Um, so that would just kind of be where we're at recruiting wise. I know people like us to touch on that usually. And and what happens is the season starts and whether it's Malik or Eric or me or whoever's on the show, any particular post game podcast, mm-hmm. you know, if we get to recruiting at all, it's like minute 50 and it's just kind of, it's usually Eric and I going, I don't know if anybody's visiting. A little I heard this. So just wanted to tell y'all that like it's Thomas Hawk and, and the portal next season i think yeah well um, and i also do think that in the spring you'll see what they did last year as well is that once you know what scholarships you have um once you know who's available once maybe some coaches leave or, leave or don't leave when those top recruits are now available then you can say oh hey a uh, five-star guy who was committed to this school for all this time and now is available what do you think we got a spot open your, your julian phillips your tyro wars those kind of guys that somehow are some, somehow unattached all of a sudden and you have a spot open, then you can go after them. But right now, it doesn't make any sense to to go after them now because you don't have a spot and they're not technically open yet. But as they, in the spring, you know, when you have the space, then you can actually do the full court press and suddenly add a jewel alongside your transfer, um, you know, squad. Yeah, a couple, one school that, that sticks out to me on that front um, that I think Florida would probably have a ton of interest and, and maybe be in a decent spot with would be like a Dennis Parker 
uh, or an Isaiah Collier who are are mm. pretty much considered NC State locks. Gotcha. And you know, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, like man, Kevin Keats better win a lot of games if he wants those two guys to show up on campus. Yeah. Now, Isaiah Collier, to be fair, like everyone in the universe will be after uh, Isaiah, but yeah. but I don't. I don't know, like Dennis Parker at 6'6", kind of 180, really bouncy, 40% AAU three-point shooter, like okay. kind of fits the mold of, of what they've been recruiting. He would be more on the three side than the four side, but but I think uh, probably a good fit. And, and um, out of Virginia, a place where at least the last staff at Florida had a lot of success, and Kevin Hubday is going to be real familiar with, with Dennis Parker, the high school where um, – you know it, where he plays, so I think uh, interesting, an interesting, uh, an interesting prospect to kind of keep an eye on the NC State situation. I would, I would say, if we're going to dive into the weeds tonight. Yeah, I, I think I think Florida will be very opportunistic and and ready for those players to, to drop if and when they're ready. Um, if it doesn't happen, you know they'll just get the top transfers and guys that have eligibility and all. But you know, the, even last year, like they he had just gotten here and he was already like, hey. Um, this guy, this guy, this guy are open. We're going to do a full court press. We're going to get this guy on campus and kind of maybe put some the fear of God in some of these schools that thought he was a lock <laughs> and, um, you know, and make make it tough down the stretch. So I, I expect the same thing in the spring. But, you know, there's no need to worry about it now um, because, you know, right now they have the guy they need for next year and they'll just let everything play out. I like the patience. It's been interesting to watch them just be like, well, the top players will be there <laughs> when we need them. Uh, we don't have to chase them now. Um, so we don't, whereas in the past, it was like we need to sign these guys super early to make sure that, that we have them and then just kind of weather the storm. So it's a different take on it. It le leaves for a lot more nervy endings for fans waiting. How, how's it going to work out? But I, I, as long as they're calm, I'm going to be more calm, you know? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a sharp point. Um, and one other note on Dennis Parker, I mentioned Kevin Hubday and, and Hubday was his lead recruiter at Richmond. So um, okay. like a lot that. of connections there to a top 100 player that is, is more or less considered a, a lock at NC state right now. And dicey up there just did a big ACC preview okay. series of pieces at Saturday road. And, and, we were debating which ACC coach was like the most likely to survive of those on the hot seat. And I said, you know, before PJ Hall got hurt, I would have said Brad Brunell for sure. Mm -hmm. But now I kind of, now or what? I don't know. I don't think it does. Cause I think that administration is tired of being mediocre and like, yeah, I, I know at NC state, like fair or unfair to Kevin Cates, like they think they're Duke in North Carolina. So they yeah. want to be nationally relevant like that. Well, and they got Turquavin coming back, so it's like, you know. Yeah, so they kind of, you know, they expect to win, and and I don't know if he can weather that. Whereas, like, a guy like Jeff Capel, I think, you know, I think um, I think Pitt, like, they were in a lot of close games last year. I think they mm. – I read something on, on uh, Bart Torvik where I, I think they were either second or third in the country in five points – in losses by like five points or less or something like just kind of those games. Yeah. You know, what did Billy Donovan say? Like you get, you get the battle scars before you win. And, you know, they return a bunch of people from that team and, and that conference is pretty wide open after like your top four. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what goes well, down over there. Well, it's like the, the best way to, to, to win close games is to not have many of them <laughs> blow people out 
and then when you have a close game here and there, then then you maybe pull it out. But you're 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 not a you don't want to have a lot of close games because that means that you're you know almost losing a lot. <laughs> you're not a great <laughs> team, so yeah, yeah, that's not what you want. So that's for sure. Uh, so schedule show. We're gonna dive into Florida's schedule, kind of deep dive it, um, and uh, get get Malik's takes on some of this stuff. Nothing to write down this week. It's not a this is not a competition based show, but we did think it would be a, a more interesting way. And when I talked to Eric about it, he kind of felt like this was a great idea too because we we just kind of talk about the schedule in a little different way than we have in the past. Where we, in the past we've been like, hey, this stretch is really hard, <laughs> or you know, hey, you know, uh, these games make a lot of sense to schedule and these games don't. Um, yeah. I know our last couple of years of Mike White, we were like, I don't understand why Florida plays like just this brutal schedule every season. And, you know, sometimes it's great when you're on the bubble and other times you're just not, you're too young to be doing that to your team. Um, yeah. And it, it was a little bit tragic about it. Yeah. Yeah. And Florida wasn't now, what I would add is that other than the Ohio game, um, and this was confirmed by Denver Parlor, like this was – this set. schedule was made. Yeah, this schedule yeah. was set. Um, they didn't know who their Jumpman Invitational opponent would be, but they knew it would be a Jumpman team. <laughs> and uh, and they didn't have the Ohio game. But everything else was, was locked in stone. So Todd Golden did not make this schedule. It will be interesting to see how Golden and his group make the one next year. But getting into this one, which begins next Monday against Stony Brook, um, you know, let's just start with what's your what's your favorite game on Florida's schedule, Malik? Well, um, th- this game is going to serve for a lot of purposes, I think. But right now, my favorite game is FSU, um, just because of everything that it means. Uh, You've you set up basically three cupcakes before you play them. Uh, it's Leonard Hamilton. It's it's going up to Tallahassee. It's it's a real road game. Uh, it's your first chance to really show the squad what you're made of. Show show the the fans what you're made of. Uh, it's early season, uh, so that, that that's my favorite game of of, of the season. It's it's a Friday night. Uh, you know you should have some some eyes on you that that kind of thing, and it, it's just um you have a chance to make a statement. Also, Baba Miller's not playing. So maybe you have a little better chance of putting on a show <laughs> and um, you now uh, you're not having some of the black eyes you've had in, in, in the past. So that, right now that's my favorite game of the schedule that, I, that I'm looking forward to. It's, it's circled. I want to see what happens. I want to watch it from, you know, cover to cover that, that kind of thing. Um, after that, you know, obviously it changes from, from there if, if you win or not, but that's my favorite game so far that I would point to right off the bat. I like it. I think that's a good choice. Jalen Ganey also uh, out for the Seminoles. So um, two potential starters. They're they're down. Down two of their – the starting five that were penciled in 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 various preseason publications. Kick them. Kick them while they're down. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Find a way, man. Yeah, you know, and I think FSU is going to look a lot different when when Miller comes back. Ganey, unfortunately, is – is gone for the year, but oh wow, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the Seminoles, the whole key to their season is just weathering those first sixteen games, and I'm sure they'll have Florida circled as as, hey, we want to start a new streak, 
against the new coach. And, uh, oh, by the way, like, you know, this is one we have at home. We can get one here. Uh, so I like that choice. I- I'm going with Xavier. And okay. I'm I'm going with Xavier for two reasons. One, you know, I like the idea of a little NIT revenge. Um, but I also I also just think it's such an important game for Florida resume-wise. Um, because as great as it is to be at the PK Legacy, and I do think it's the best of the Feast Week events, yeah. field-wise, top to bottom. Um, I like it better good. than yeah, yeah, like I like it better than Maui. I like it, I like it better than the other PK80 event. Um, but as you just said, this is the key game because if Florida loses, that tournament gets not so resume valuable like very fast. I mean, yeah. you you get to play Oregon State, assuming that they don't beat Duke on Black Friday. And then, you know, even if you win that game, you know, at best you get maybe West Virginia. Um, Purdue, you know, who knows? Yeah. If I guess if Purdue somehow falls into that fifth place game, then great. Then you got your resume yeah. game. But you're if Florida wins, they're guaranteed two resume games and probably three. And you always want to maximize your opportunities at an event like that. Um, and I also kind of think this Florida team matches up really well with a Purdue team that now doesn't look like last year's Purdue team, which was athletic and could get up and down and could, I mean, Purdue can always score. Right. But last year it was NBA dudes. (laughs) Um, Like that's still maybe the, the most mystifying result of the NCAA tournament last year to me was them losing in, in that game to St. Peter's because it's kind of like, what just happened? Like, yeah, uh, you know, like how St. Peter's was just, how surprising people! I, 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 <laughs> they, they did that a couple of times. What was it? Two or three games where it was like, yeah, we were like, wait, who are you and who am I guarding? And wait, why is that guy just shooting in my eye? <laughs> and wait, yeah, and he's yeah. talking trash on to boot. What is going on? You know, so it was wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt, man. So I, I, I think it's a game that, you know, if you just assume everything goes chalk, Florida beats Xavier. Florida loses to Duke. You know, I really do feel like Florida's the type of team that that can get Purdue trouble, and um, that would just be a real nice, really nice resume base for the Gators. So I'm going Xavier for all those reasons. Now, t- t- tell me more about Xavier because I haven't. Obviously, you know they have the, the new coach. They had the changeover, um, but shouldn't aren't they kind of formidable in terms of having a new coach and the guys that they've brought in? I mean, that they should be. They're basically in some ways a question mark, but kind of an exclamation point at the same time with what they've brought in, all things considered. So, I mean, tell me more about Xavier, the way you view him. Yeah, I mean, I think you you have to look, you know, you start out with the fact that they did not hire Jonas Hayes, who was the interim coach, and a lot of people, uh, I think, in Cincinnati kind of thought, hey, you know, this might be a guy that that we consider hiring. They bring back Sean Miller. Um, I think Jack Noon, just a guy that has kind of all American capability. I don't, I don't know if he's quite on the, like, like when I think about all Americans, I, I don't necessarily think about Jack Noon or Colby Jones, but I think that mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're certainly all league players. Right. And so I think that's a, a big, 
it's just it, it's good. They also had Desmond Claude, who who committed um, and stayed committed with Sean Miller, mm-hmm. and you know I think is a guy that kind of slots in to to Paul Scruggs position there at the point guard, and and that's maybe the question mark is you know I do like that matchup for Florida that early in the year. Um, gotcha. You know he's expected to win the starting job at Xavier. Starting a freshman point guard is always an adventure, no matter how talented the player is. Lift him a little bit early on, type thing. Yeah, I mean, think about think about Andrew's first game. You know, when um, for whatever godforsaken reason, Michael White agreed to play up there to open the year, and you know, I I think I think Andrew Nimard had had his moments at at Florida, but we we can't ever say that his first game as a college point guard was one of them, right? And Kyle Lofton is a tough ask in like your fourth college game. Garden you, so, uh, but but it's a good team. It's a great. That's a great point. I I think they're in every. um, I haven't seen many bracketologies that leave them out, right? Okay. Uh, So, so I think it's a. Yeah, I think it's an NCAA tournament team. They 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 strike me as in that seven to ten seed range, the Mike White range. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, Sean Miller, that, that's, that's what he does. You know I mean? Especially at his alma mater, he knows what to expect. So that, that, that doesn't surprise me. And then you go on to likely a, a Duke team and that and you're, and you're on your way. So I, I got you. I, I'm just trying to see what we're in store for because I, I, I hear the name, but I'm like, so what do we, we have to worry about it? Is this a game that we should win? Uh, or is something lurking? But yeah, that, that puts me a little more at ease and all. So uh, what, what what's next on, on our list? For so next, I? and I'll go first on this one, but it's the, uh, it's our favorite non-conference game. I guess we should have limited that to like other than our favorite game. But I have a nice second one, I think. And, and my favorite non-conference game that isn't the Xavier game is absolutely uh, the SEC Big 12 Challenge game against Kansas State. Okay. We don't even we don't even need to get into like the reasons are pretty obvious. But I was just thinking about like whether it's Will Richard or or Niles Lane or whoever's out there at any given time watching someone guard Keontae Johnson, not wearing a Florida uniform. It's going to be like all the feels Uh, it's going to be weird. Um, But also like Florida, since they routed Oklahoma, the last time they were basically really good uh, has not done well on the road in, in the SEC big 12 challenge. And this is a chance to kind of, yeah, the race of the night. Yeah, win a win a tough road game. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I deliberately didn't pick Kansas State because I was, I was like, let me pick something different than what Neil's going to pick. I, I picked Oklahoma um, as that favorite non-conference game, just because you know the Kruger ties, the Hartman ties, the Porter Moser, you know, ships passing in, in the night. Oh yeah, that, that, that kind of thing. Um, but but you know, definitely Kansas State is 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 definitely the the, the, the key one that I'm going to be eyeing. Uh, I, I love their, their their coach. He seems like an incredible man, uh, just a, a leader of men. He's been on the sideline with Baylor that you've seen all the time, and then steps in, into the you know spotlight, fully formed. He's in front of a mic, and you're like, wow, this guy is great. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, I I want to play for him. And then to get Keontae Johnson, that success story, uh, to see him back on the floor with that 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 beautiful smile, you know, doing his same dance moves uh, preseason. Yeah, uh, Big 12 Player of the Year, all, all that kind of thing. So, I know some people are just like, man, I, 
I, I mean, I have such uh, mixed feelings watching. I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, to be able to watch this man who I thought his dream was over, man. I thought his dream of the yeah. was over. And to be yeah. able to see him live out his dream against us, I hope he, you know, scores all the points and then we beat him. I mean, that that's the ultimate outcome. Yeah, <laughs> right. But the other outcomes that are still pretty awesome, too, you know what I'm saying? And to be yeah. in Kansas State, I think that's going to be an incredible venue. They're going to be on fire. It's going to be the middle of the college basketball season. And that's a place that's kind of starving for great basketball in Manhattan. There's nothing else to do there. And um, and, and they're going to just be be losing it. So I that's definitely going to give me a, a favorite game like that, especially in terms of a, a real road game, that kind of thing. Um, but like I said, I, I did pick Oklahoma as the favorite, but Kansas State is, is the obvious pick. So. Yeah, no, I mean, SEC, SEC Big 12 Challenge is a, is a made-for-TV thing. And you did see the 6 p.m. start time. So, you know, the four-letter was – acutely aware of <laughs> of the storylines there so florida did not get the noon start uh, they, they got the early prime time wet your appetite game for exactly whoever whoever kentucky and kansas are playing yeah there you go <laughs> yeah I, I don't know so um the rubber man so yeah so that was fun so we go with uh the next one which was uh what do you think florida's biggest win will be and i know you know, obviously Eric and I did this in over-under, so I've got to stick with what my answer was, but I'm interested in, in your perspective on this. I'm saying biggest win uh, February 1st against Tennessee. Um, in the middle of the season, uh, Love it. it's, 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 it's a home game, a Wednesday, 7 p.m., first game of February. Um, Tennessee is going to be probably top 10 at that point. Uh, on, on all cylinders, uh, Florida will have just played Kansas State, so there will be some eyes on them after that and all. But to me, I think that that's kind of the, the, the biggest possible win and the biggest kind of name win because you really you want to have that momentum for going into the end of the, of the conference season at, right at the beginning of February and through February and into March. So you have a real opportunity to kind of show the world, like, whoa, this, they've really done something, and this is a, a, a name team and all. So I think that's the opportunity for the biggest win and um you know we'll, we'll see what happens there that, that's the one that, that kind of strikes out for me yeah and i i know i said um i thought it would be purdue at the phil knight tournament um obviously it again it's contingent on a ton yeah, of other right. results uh that that matchup even happens but i think okay. if they play I, I do think that that is that will be just resume gold um for the gators were it to happen. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I mean, Tennessee is, I think, the obvious conference choice. It just seems like Florida was going to Knoxville so often uh, recently. So it's kind of nice to get Tennessee on Florida's home floor, even if it's not a weekend game. Um, and maybe it's better to have them in the middle of the week. Who knows? But uh, I think that that's, that's a great choice. So our yeah. next one, our next one, Malik, um, is biggest loss. You know, biggest loss, and and I and I guess this would be like most lopsided, not like, you know. Okay, because I, I was thinking that the biggest like heart wrencher, the biggest like um, yeah, no. You know, so this this was heart. Okay, yeah. That, I mean, we could go with that. I'll say I'm just sticking with what I picked. Again, I, I think I've got to stay consistent on it and and mine was that that february 18th game at arkansas 
um, you know, and well, largely, yeah, the, largely the predicated I as well. But, but I, I was thinking oh. more of, of, of the gut punch just because okay. Okay. Arkansas in Fayetteville um, on a Saturday, 2 p.m. I, I think that they can really put a hurting on you. Um, yeah. But also it's, it's, it's they're such a name pick. They're such a trendy team that to lose to them, you're really kind of seeding uh, the golden boy uh, stamp, so to speak. Like you, you, you can't call yourselves, oh, this is the up and coming team. This is the team that, that, that has has the you know the, the golden eye. When you get hammered by Arkansas, who's the other you know team that that's supposed to be it, um, you, you kind of lose that mantle. So I think it would be a double whammy in that where you can get hurt, but also you know you're no longer the the, the golden team once you have that that kind of a loss. So. Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, that's a that's a good choice. The other one that's interesting kind of sticks out to me is like Florida could get beat up pretty bad trap, you know, is is it's not even a trap game so much as it's just it sticks out as a game Florida could lose pretty badly is is that Alabama game on February 8th just cuz it comes after K-State, Tennessee and Kentucky. And when they like, win, they, they, they like making you look bad. <laughs> they, they yeah, I mean, like, when you lose. and yeah, and, and exactly. When when Alabama wins a big game, they usually win it comfortably. There's highlights. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's not, it's it's ugly. You, it's tough. Yeah, you don't want to watch and, it again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the end of, I think, Florida's toughest little stretch of the season because you're going to play probably a, a prohibitive Final Four favorite, a team that most people have picked second in the sec you have the Keontae johnson and all the emotions of that game those are the three right before that alabama trip so right. florida might be mentally fatigued and then you have to Here's go question. on the road do, do we have we heard any more about Xavier wheeler's injury i know he hurt his leg or something like that um is there any more news on the how serious it is because again i there there have been many that are very high in kentucky this year I am not as high simply because of that point guard position. I'm, I'm not the biggest severe Wheeler fan, uh, number one. And I think behind them, there is Bupkis. So when you have a 5'9 point guard who can't score inside and you know sh- shoots too much, and he's your only point guard, and then you hear some injury stuff going on, I, I could see a real crater. Now, obviously, maybe they have other guys that will, you know, Kaysen will step up. Other guys that could play point guard will suddenly – you know, get their growing pains and be good down the stretch. But I, I like I said, if, if Tavir Wheeler is, is out at all, I, I just think that, that that's such a, a key position for them because they don't have other guys that are great at point guard. So I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just curious about schedule-wise what that does to the schedule of Severe Wheeler is out for an extended period of time, if he's limited, and, um, you know, what, what your thoughts are as far as that goes, goes it's concerned. Well, I'm not that worried about it, like, initially – I, okay. Um, just because – so the one piece that I thought was weird – and, look, I probably would have taken him on my team. Like, Antonio Reeves can score, right? But he's super, super ball dominant. Like, not quite Quez, Quez Glover ball dominant. But, I mean, the percentage is within, like, 5% of Quez. So, like, we're talking about a guy that needs the basketball a lot. Yeah. And I know John Calipari said – today or yesterday when they had media availability that you know oh Savir's banged up Antonio's gonna play point guard and it's kind of like okay that's gonna look interesting but at the same time like 
you know, that's one way to get Antonio Reeves the ball a ton, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that might be okay for like Illinois State, which is their opener. Um, I mean, if he takes like, care of the ball, it's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm good with him and stuff. But um, it, I, I don't know how much distributor he is, but, but yeah, I don't, we'll see. Lost my mute button there. Yeah, no, I mean it's just like it's a it's a uh, it's a short term kind of fix, I think. But but I don't think they expect Wheeler to be out too terribly long. At least there's been no update indicating that. And you know the coaches had already voted when they voted Wheeler first team All SEC on the coaches team today. Congrats to Colin Castleson too, by the way, um, on on that honor. That's awesome. But I think uh, Wheeler yeah. really should come come off the bench. Frankly, uh, I think back a <laughs> point guard. And then um, <laughs> they, they, they should get the other guy who maybe someday might be a great point guard, start him at the oh. point from, from the get-go, Kaysen, and then down the stretch as he becomes, you know, that De'Aaron Fox or the guy yeah. that down the stretch becomes a point guard, then Wheeler is your backup. Then you have two guys there. But if Kaysen doesn't play point guard most of the year, then you try to make him at later in the year, it's going to be too late and they're going to have some real problems. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we will. We will indeed. Um so we're on toughest week of the season, and I think, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of teased it. My, my answer there, I just think that that stretch from um, that Tennessee home game on February first to to go into Rupp and then to go into Alabama is is pretty brutal. And and honestly, like you play at Kentucky and at Alabama, like you better be ready for Vanderbilt when they come to Gainesville on the eleventh of February. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a similar time period, but it might kind of goes back. I go back to Kansas State on January 28th, Tennessee February 1st, and then Kentucky February 4th. Basically, it's a Saturday to Saturday with three games. So those are my the three games for a week. Yeah. Yours is basically from that Wednesday to Saturday to the next game and all. But it's all the same week and change. <laughs> it's it's a, the longest yeah. ever VH1 type thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And honestly, like – and you look at that week and you kind of think if they can get one of those three games, um, you know, in the, in the ones that I chose, like if, if you get one of versus Tennessee at Kentucky, you know, at Alabama, that's probably what you're expected to do. I bet you that's what mm-hmm. Vegas thinks they'll do. Um, you know, the only way you really hurt your SEC tournament or NCAA tournament standing in that stretch is to lose them all. Yeah. Well, and, and also just uh, if you start having some momentum where uh, one game is a loss, but it ends up being two games because you have the hangover and then you're trying to get over the hangover and you have more systemic problems because of that. So you, you don't want a snowball effect uh, from, from any of those because any, any one of those games could break your heart. You know, if you thought you were going to win that game, then you lost the next game too because yeah. you know you're you're in a fog, so to speak, and sniping at each other, that kind of thing. And there's no easy landing place to jump out of it necessarily. You know, so yeah, that's what I would think. So uh, the next one was a fun one. I, I thought game Florida will love on its resume come Selection Sunday. Yeah, I, I had a lot a lot of trouble with this one because I was like, I was looking at Ohio. I mean, I I was looking at you know, is one of these early games that they're playing, you know, Florida A&M, is, is that, that going to be, uh, are they going to win their conference? But I, I just don't know enough about those teams. That, that's where I was kind of hoping to hear what you and Eric said first and then go, oh, yeah, that's what I said too, <laughs> you know, because that's the one I'm, I'm not as educated about 
who's going to be atop the net ratings and be that really big win, so, so to speak. Is, is it Xavier? I, I don't know. So I'm, I, I was kind of leaving this one blank and hoping <laughs> to put in an educated guess and bubble my answer in uh, right before I turned into <laughs> the test. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Uh, look, I mean, Xavier is going to finish top five in a power six league. So I don't know if, you know, I don't think they're going to sneak up on anybody in terms of how they're evaluated on a resume. Like, it's going to be a good win. It's going to be a quad one game. Okay. Um, and and that's all super awesome. I'm with you on the, like, it was hard to, to look at these mid-majors. Um, I ended up going with, with Florida Atlantic. And not necessarily because I think Florida gets, you know, certainly isn't getting quad one value out of playing Florida Atlantic at home. But they're an interesting game that could sneak into that quad two range. I really like the roster that that Dusty's built down there. Okay, um, and I think, yeah, I think they have got a really good chance to win Conference USA. Is I know year four for him. Your three years he there now. Yeah, I mean it's it's year four, so I don't want to say it's like you better win time for for Dusty. But it should be a mature team. Um, it should be a ready team. Yeah, but yeah, I mean they're going to be much better. Um, than they've been. I know that there were they they're one of the sleeper teams in uh if you got the almanac, you know, they were listed in there as as the kind of team that that could sneak up on some people and like they have enough balance to where if they do get in the NCAA tournament as like that 13 seed, you yeah. know a dusty team is gonna defend, right? So all you need it's is like, a, well, a, a cocky senior or two who's, you know, thinks yeah, he's who better than he should and just – Who doesn't really yeah. want to have his call, his basketball career end because he's not playing in Europe and he sure right, as hell right, doesn't right. go into the G League, right? Like, yeah, So yeah. that that's one that kind of stuck out um, to me out of all that, like, kind of mid-major uh, stuff that Florida has going on. Last year, you know, and, and last year, to be, on, to be fair – like we could be totally wrong here. I know. I know Eric thought FAU as well, and and um, last year we thought it was Stony Brook because they had a bunch of seniors back from a really good team, and I don't know, they weren't that good. <laughs> like yeah. it's just that you know well, who knows life 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 in those mid major leagues is tough. I don't know enough about that Ohio team. You know what what you know about Ohio is it's a good program, right? Like they're yeah. consistently in and around the discussion for the NCAA tournament, that league can be good. Um, but it's a little like the Ohio Valley, right? Like the, sometimes the Ohio Valley is really good. And then sometimes the Ohio Valley is bad. And like last year, bad Ohio Valley. Year before that, <laughs> good Ohio Valley, right? Like it usually, and it's like, it's usually like, you know, Belmont's going to be steady, although Belmont's gone now, but like that was always a thing. Okay. Who other than Belmont is really good? And that was a tough question to answer last year, you know? So okay. Ohio's got a little of that going on with the action. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's all good, good, interesting stuff to know. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm I, didn't, I didn't quite buy the almanac. I, I wanted to, um, but I, I've, I've been, um, gosh, all, all the, the little tidbits keep enticing me hearing the little things about them and all. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear the specifics for some of these teams. And, um, well, the that. other thing I would say about about Ohio, because it's about practice, not to mention this, <laughs> and and Eric would be down my throat, and when he listens, he probably will be, because I should have I should have led with the fact that they they lost their two best players in the transfer portal, man. 
That's right. Mark, 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 Mark Sears transferred to Alabama. There you go. And, that's that's and, what I'm thinking of. Okay. And Ben Ben Vanderplas, uh, the Dutch assassin. <laughs> yeah, the Dutch assassin uh, who shot 42 percent okay. from downtown last year. Uh, he became like Tony Bennett's first foray into the portal. And the backstory there is like totally insane because, of course, Tony Bennett gets like some dude that shoots 43% from deep that went to Ohio, right? But like <laughs> also, uh, so Ben Vanderplas's father was the first international player to play for Tony Bennett or okay. Dick Bennett. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, there's like a family connection. So so Ohio, like probably like when when the NCAA tournament team got eliminated in 2021 and they were good and Vanderplas hit all those shots and, and they won that first round game and then they they get into the you know get back to the to league final last year and lose and, and don't get it at large. And so people are like, well, they're gonna be pretty darn good with Mark Sears and Vanderplas coming back and coming back with a chip on their shoulder. And now both those guys are gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's what's tough about these mid-majors is that, you know, you have these players and sometimes they'll get plucked out of the portal and you don't have the wherewithal to be able to do the same thing that other teams can do. So you, you can, it, 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 you can go from rags to riches and back very quickly, <laughs> unfortunately. So yeah, it's wild. So um, what, what do we have next? We have next place is the best place to play in the SEC. Um, what what was your, your take on that? How are you, man? How, how are you I, thinking of this? You know, well, I mean, I just think you you pick like, um, I think you have to go like fans, and then yeah, okay, you know, you can, you can you yeah, team fans, arena, all of it, and you know, I think it's a big package deal. And last year I said I thought it was. Pretty probably Auburn and this year I'm switching it to I'm going to Arkansas because Gosh, we, we, we're on the same page <laughs> yeah man like just it's a basketball school like they can talk yeah. about Sam Pittman yeah. all they want but it's a basketball school man and like they the only thing I don't like about Arkansas is that they have their students behind a basket like I wish okay. they move students first yeah, or interspersed in like North Carolina does. Great point. And I I just think, you know, I would love them on a side, on a side angle instead of behind a hoop. Although I mean it is kind of crazy to, to have to score at the student section in the second half yeah. there. Like that's a madhouse. But yeah. Yeah, because because Arkansas, I mean, like I still remember when Arkansas came to the SEC. <laughs> and it was they they changed. They changed the culture of, of, of the conference because before it was just Kentucky. Yep. And then Arkansas came in and was like, you know what? <laughs> we're just the same way these guys are. We come in the same way. We travel the same way. We're just as rabid. We're just as good. And you had Mayday, and you had Barnhill, and you had. I mean, they were they were just they were singing their their, their pig stuff and all. And that's what I'm I'm looking forward to, to going back to. That's even. Across the SEC, there's really basketball schools that have been okay, and they haven't had the opportunity to get back to it. Like Vanderbilt is a great basketball school, and they just haven't had the opportunity, yeah. you know, with some of the mediocre stuff going on and stuff. So that that's the place that that, especially with how Musman has it rolling 
and and they have this team of almost all transfers, big names. Um, I think that's the best place to play, especially this year. We have so many NBA talent. You have some homegrown talent to to even get some even more ties for the um, people to watch and stuff. So Florida playing at Arkansas at Barnhill, I think that to me that's the ticket. I wish I wish I could get there and check it out and just feel the. The, the the fervor. I mean, because their fans are fans are outstanding, basketball wise and football, but especially yeah. basketball, they are outstanding. And so, and Bud Walton is like so nice, man. Like it's okay. Like the barn, the barn was great because everybody was right on top of you, and it was looked like it was falling down and stuff. And <laughs> like, <laughs> but Bud Walton is like, I mean, they build an NBA arena pretty much. You know, I mean, they've. They got suites that surround the whole thing. I mean, like you, you can't tell me the places in a basketball school once you go to Bud Walton and like you walk around their campus a little bit and you're like, really, this is like Razorback Stadium? Like it, yeah. you know. Uh, so I wish I, I, I've gone to more of these stadiums because I've, I've only I've, I've been to TCC, Tallahassee Community College. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, you know, the Leon county leon civic center for fsg i've been to the, that, that road game but i haven't really been to that many other actual sec or basketball road games and all that and i'm sure it'd be a lot of fun you know maybe not feel the safest and all in <laughs> some of these places uh but but yeah I, I would i would love to check especially a place like that auburn you know some of these places they're just rabid and just at a really good place in their yeah. fandom to see what it's like as an opposing fan and just see how things go so i would yeah I want to get out to Missouri, speaking of, like, basketball schools, because that was a huge selling point for, you know, A&M they brought in as the football school. And when they brought in Missouri, at the time, Missouri had been to the most NCAA tournaments without a Final Four. Now now it's BYU uh, that that has that by, I think, one or two tournaments. Um, But Missouri is still second, tied with Xavier. So, like – I mean, there's been a lot of winning at that program. They just haven't yeah. gotten over the hump. Um, you know, they've been in the NCAA tournament four or five more times than Tennessee. So, because people think of Tennessee when they think of Final Four places that are good basketball programs. Mm. Tennessee cer- certainly not a basketball school, but a good program. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Missouri's an- another one that I think is interesting uh, in-, in that – kind of vain our, our next uh topic we're getting down to the to the nitty-gritty here and and it's time to play um yeah we're still we're still in the malik and neil hot takes here so worst place to play in the sec this can be like you know whatever you want like if you want to go man that place stinks you can't shoot there if you want to go it's ridiculous what vanderbilt does with their benches that's fine yeah you know if you want to go I, like I, I went with, with the georgia on this one uh, just, I, I, I just, it's a, it, it's depressing right now. I mean, like they're, they're, they're wanting to become a basketball school, but haven't necessarily put in the, uh, lifting themselves from mediocrity or caring enough to, 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 to be, to get out of that and stuff. Hi, Mike White is a positive sign as, as weird as it sounds. Um, it is to actually get someone who's a basketball guy and, and has been about winning and, you know, wants to build a program and, you know, is, is about trying to energize some fans and all, but I, you know, I've been, I've been actually, I have a, a befriended 
uh, Georgia basketball fan here, just to get a little inside knowledge here and there, because he was asking me about, oh, what's Mike White like? When, what, what I have in store for me, that kind of stuff. So it's been fun going back and forth with him. And he's one of these like diehard basketball fans from Georgia who's kind of been a fish out of water up there because, you know, they're, they've, they've been so, you know, complacent with just winning some and just let's yeah. have Mark Fox for nine years and he win <laughs> one year out of that. And call that good. I mean, I've had a, one Georgia fan talking to me. He's like, well, you know, Mark Fox was a great man. And he, he won this and he did great things. I was like, dude, you, you had one, like one winning season with the guy. Never sniffed a tournament. I mean, it's, it's it's like, it's not quite Frank Martin, 10 years in one tournament thing. But it's it's close. I mean, like just the, the mediocrity and just settling for mediocrity. Like you should, you should be ashamed. You should be angry at your, you know, administration for putting you through that. Like most schools would be like, Hey, four or five years, get out, leave. <laughs> this is not good enough. But they're like, no, no, another five more years. Let's let's keep it going. <laughs> that stinks for fans. Yeah, so, that's yeah. no, that's a good shout. I I uh, can't. It's it's hard to argue with with the points you're making. And I'm not gonna go Vanderbilt because as quirky as that gym is, it's it's actually super fun and charming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's one of the places that I've been. And it, you know, it's it's a college basketball experience. I think. Um, fans are right I, there in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just because yeah. the right <laughs> eye level, really, whatever it is, it's, it's weird. They really are. I'm going to go with with uh, Thompson Bowling, and not because, okay. not because it's not a great basketball arena. It is. It's a wonderful yeah. college basketball arena. But you know, I know the Kentucky people did this study on like who gets the most home field calls. And stuff because they were tired of like we are you play the refs at Rupp, and so like some Eric Fawcett Kentucky fan, you know Eric, whatever Kentucky's version of Eric Fawcett is, I can't confirm or deny that he's from Canada. The Kentucky person that did this, <laughs> but like broke down like twenty years of SEC data. No, and Kentucky was like third or fourth, so there is a little bit of play the refs at Rupp. Um, but Tennessee was far and away the place where the the home team got the most calls. And there that's a place where the students are right on top of you. And we all know how charming Tennessee fans can be. And, you know, I mean, I – shoot, I watched the Florida-Tennessee game last year where I thought Florida played one of its best games of the season. And, I mean, Doug Shouse, that can happen anywhere – but you'll never convince me that Doug Shouse wasn't just blowing his whistle because Tennessee fans got on his case about yeah. only calling five or six fouls in the first half. And, you know, it ends up getting Flan Fleming, a technical that changes the game. And I mean, I'm telling you, well, that that's a rough place. Well, I mean, and you're right. I mean, I, I remember clearly when Florida played Tennessee when Joe Kim Noah was on, on the team. And there's a, a picture that I've put up a couple of times where <laughs> Joakim Noah is on the ground and his tooth is next to him that's been knocked out by a Tennessee right. player. And there's blood and stuff. And I don't think a foul was called on the play, you know, that, that kind of thing. And that, that's the kind of, you know, football, you know, uh, just ridiculous kind of atmosphere that, that you saw with Tennessee, Florida, where stuff would go down that was dastardly, <laughs> just just really, really wrong. I mean, that South Carolina had a little bit of that stuff going on as well. The B.J. Mackey years are not to be spoken of. Um, <laughs> but but 
you know, back then, just some stuff like that. Like a guy, his tooth is out. There's blood streaming from his mouth. No foul called. You know, probably you know the things going the other way. So I can definitely see some uh, some some darkness going on at Tennessee. I, I I can concur with you on that. That's for sure. Yeah. No. I mean, a great place if you're a neutral. But like when Jason Jatobo's like eyeball is like on the floor, and they're like, get a layup, get a layup, Josiah Jordan James. You know, it's got. It's kind of like, what in the hell is happening here? So that's and, and, that's why. What was the, what was that six year senior guy that was there that for all those? That, I mean, just I forget the guy. That, <laughs> I, I forget like what's his name. Um, it wasn't uh, Dave Bradshaw, but not Dave Bradshaw. There the, was the the, the 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 big man that they had. That, oh, John Fulkerson. Um, yeah, yeah, Fulkerson. Like I remember, he suddenly went from I've never heard of this guy to Wow, this is maybe the player I've hated the most. Ever in college basketball, <laughs> and then he was there for four more years after that. I was like, "How do you go from I don't know your name to I despise you to now you're a career Florida Tennessee player? You're here there every year, and now I have to feel have mixed feelings because you know we we cracked your skull open. It's just like oh, it's just the the mixed yeah. feelings with him because you felt bad, but you're also like I, I mean I, I do hate him, you know I I, I did kill <laughs> on him, but I don't want yeah. him to you know. I don't want him to perish, you know. So you had that kind of feeling. So yeah, that was, yeah, that's wild. I'm glad he's gone. So we got, we got two more. And um, biggest trap game. This is always a a good. I mean, this was a good one. This is one that that Eric and I wanted on the schedule show. Um, I got February 28th, Georgia, as the the biggest trap game. Um, just because it's it's Georgia, it's late in the season. You're trying to finish out your resume. They will have just played. It's basically basically played at at Nashville for Vandy. Then that Tuesday, a weird Tuesday game, they're playing at Georgia before coming home for their final game of the season. I just think it's it's kind of a trap game because who knows where Georgia is at that point of the season? Maybe this is their season to to beat Florida. Um, if Florida's ranked or not ranked, that that kind of thing. Florida's probably banged up, looking forward to LSU to close out the season. Who knows how things have gone at Nashville for Vandy? Did you even get a chance to go home in between? Were you on the road the entire time? So that's what I'm pointing to. You know, February 28th, uh, is Georgia maybe healthier than Florida is at that point of the season? So that's what I'm pointing to as a trap game. You know, even if it's just putting a scare in you. Um, or, you know, a, a no-win situation where if you win, great, you're supposed to win. If you struggle, oh, my God, are you in trouble? If you lose, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? There, there's no good outcome. If you blow them out, great, you're supposed to blow them out. It's Georgia, you know what I'm saying? So the, yeah. the, where there's no-win situation, yeah. No, I like that choice. I, I went January 10th um, at LSU, and, and largely just because I think Matt gotcha. McMahon – Look, I respect – I think Matt McMahon – first of all, Matt McMahon is a really likable guy and all the Florida Basketball Hour Twitter account vitriol for Louisiana State basketball, like, has to cease now, which is kind of disappointing because, like, it's kind of our brand. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was super fun while it lasted. I also really respect – and I know you do too, Malik, the way that he had one player – and like build a roster in two months. I mean, yeah, that, well, even even his coaching staff. I mean, like like, like the guy they got from Memphis, from Memphis, got the guy from Ole yeah. Miss. They got some really smart hires from the South with ties, with analytic base and stuff going on and stuff. So 
because I, 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 I again i had an lsu insider guy i was talking to i was like let me look at your staff again i was like oh yeah i like that guy i like this you know the stuff that they did um but yeah definitely that that's i've, I've been enjoying what, what he's doing uh in 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 baton rouge for sure yeah and i mean look they they actually had zero scholarship players i said one they had a walk-on so they had zero scholarship <laughs> players on their roster on march 31st and um I thought it was big to get Milwaukee Wilkinson back. And and like, I like those players that they brought from Murray state. Like, I think those guys are really quality mid-major players, right? They're good enough to win a game in the NCAA tournament. That's how good they are. But um, that's not a great roster, man. <laughs> like Florida needs to, and, it, and Matt's going to do a good job there. Assuming that the NCAA doesn't just, destroy well, them didn't they get the, they, they got their five star they got it was tyrell ward or phillips ward yeah guy, right? right so um, yeah, i mean look they got, they got jalen reed so i i think i don't know i think some of the bones of the team are are they are they're just super strong just, yeah no i mean i think in the future we're talking about you know a really high quality program okay uh, that's gonna that's gonna do things the right way but i think in like sec game number four a roster full of mid-major players and like a couple promising freshmen has no business beating this Florida team. Gotcha. And, yeah, man, and well, set, that, 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 that kind of makes it a trap though, because I think right. will be favored, but right. LSU is going to be one of those teams that it could coalesce, it can really gel, and is going to have the talent to compete. But yeah, I, I think that, that's a good point. That, that's a, a, and, a good mixture of, of that trap game you mentioned. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at on that game being a, a little bit of a trap. I, I suspect Florida will be two and one in the SEC at that point, and and you know maybe feeling pretty good about themselves depending on the outcome of that Oklahoma game you mentioned. Like they could have gone on a little three and one run there with the only loss coming at Auburn, and you don't feel too bad about that, right? So now, so 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 you so you still stand on not any fear of Texas A&M, but that's the team you're like, yeah, they're we're not gonna. No, I mean like, look, Eric and I both said they'd. Well, Eric said Texas Stadium would sweep Florida, but Florida okay. would get get one against Kentucky. I think is what he said, and I said no, Florida's not going to get one against Kentucky, but they're going to split with A and M. Okay, and and I thought the reason they'd split is because I just can't see Todd Golden losing his SEC home opener. Like I just don't think that's going to happen. Okay, um, I think Florida will be really really jacked to play that game now. You, you can be too emotional and too jacked up, but they'll probably be focused enough to having just lost to Auburn. So it's like a perfect storm. I just yeah. think it's kind of a, I actually think that's kind of a buzzsaw game for A&M. No, well, no pun, in, no pun well, intended. Say that. That's an important word. <laughs> buzz, buzz, I think he just, I, I see him as someone who excels at being able to get under your skin with the schemes he puts out or things he puts in just for your game. Like he seems like a guy who just like, come up with something that just yeah. a, a burn the saddle, so to speak. Yeah. Good coach. <laughs> and, um, Good coach. Yeah. So anyways, that, that's interesting there. So. No, definitely. Um, so that's, that's the schedule show, uh, except for the final question, which is, um, and I think I know where Malik's going to go with this, but, but it's the one you got to put on there, baby. Um, the game that Todd Golden can win that will sell the fan base. I went with I went with Duke. Um, I, I could, could have said could, could have said Kentucky because I think that that's going to be important. I was okay. saying wise and all, um, but I think if you win that first game against Xavier and then on Thanksgiving 
going into you know the, the weekend if you beat Duke. Um, it's early on the season. You're going into a holiday. You really make noise on a holiday weekend and put your name on the map. You're undefeated at that point. You're going to be ranked that next Monday or Tuesday. And suddenly people are waking up. Hey, wait, we beat we, we Duke and we're what? We're 15? We're, we're, we're 12 in, in the nation? I think that really puts you on the map for the fan base, but also just national, national fan base and all in a way that if you kind of win, lose, win, win, lose, win, and you're outside of the top 25, and then you do well in the SEC, it doesn't have the same effect both for your fans but also nationally. So I think that's the one that, that, that I was pointing to to win the fan base because uh, you can lose people early in terms of people tuning you out. They're just like, oh, well, basketball, we're not really worried about it. But you can also you know, get people on board early where they're really paying attention to you and you know, watching your games into Christmas and into January. So that's, that's the one that came out to me. Great choice. And I would add that to Malik's choice that Jay Billis did some uh, college basketball media availability this week, a couple times for ESPN and mentioned both times that he, he was really excited to see Duke at the PK 85 because they're so young. And it's like John Shire's first time without coach K on the road. Mm -hmm. And like, Oh, by the way, that field is really tough. Like Gonzaga's there and Florida's mm -hmm. there and, Purdue's there and like, you know, he's like, I do could go one and two out there. And then what, you know, um, he said, I don't think anybody at Duke will panic, but you know, we'll hear all these stories about Duke and like how they're not that good after. And like, they'll all be nonsense, but it was classic Jay Billis, but he was, you know, yeah. and it was, it's a good point. And it's a really good opportunity for Florida too, just because Duke is super young and, and it's a brand new coach. You know, you don't have to stare over at the sideline and see Shajeski, right? So that's yeah, well, uh, and you also have, have the, the the two young, you know, Jewish wonderkins, uh, star yeah. coaches, you know, uh, going at yeah. each other, maybe the new face of, of college basketball and that, that kind of thing. So yeah. that, there's an exciting, you know, side piece there for I mean I don't don't I, insult really my man, my man Hubert Davis like that, okay? Don't <laughs> don't be calling John Shire the new face of college basketball, my friend. <laughs> I'm not sure that um, I'm not sure <laughs> Hubert is is follows the the same uh, same <laughs> outline as, as, as Sammy Davis in terms of being uh, another member of the tribe or not. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Hubert does not. But yeah, <laughs> that's good. Wait, but, uh, Davis, Davis. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I see the yeah. connection. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I do love that that Hubert like is still trying to rock the like Dean Smith sweaters though. Like, come on, yeah. Hubert. Like it's cool, man. I enjoy Huber, man. Show the pipes, dude. You 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 can show. You don't have to do the Carolina blue sweater. Um, I want to see him succeed, man. I really do. <laughs> well, I think I think that ship is sailing. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I I think that ship that yacht is in the water, baby. Um, yeah. They're good, but uh, for me, it's Florida State. I mean, you know, for whatever reason, and and you as somebody that's listened to me for way too long. You know, you know what I think of Ham and his program, man. But like, it's a bugaboo, man. I mean, it might beat him once, man. I mean, like, and it was a big problem for Mike with the fan base. Like, you could be like, they got to this, they have the longest NCAA tournament streak in the SEC. Oh yeah, why can't he beat Florida State? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, he has a winning record against Bruce Pearl, like six and two against Bruce Pearl. Oh yeah, 
one and seven against FSU. You know, like everything just come. So like Todd was meme with, with Hamilton holding Mike White as a baby. Yeah, you know, bring right. it out again. Yeah, <laughs> Todd goes up there and beats a team that, as you mentioned, is is down their best recruit and kind of like their glue guy and Jalen Ganey. Like the fan base, most of our fans aren't going to know that FSU is like shorthanded until five minutes into the broadcast when the announcer mentions it, right? Like, and even then, they're, so, they're not going to believe it because we we've had shorthanded no. FSU teams before coming, and some no name punches in the mouth. Who's Dwayne Bacon? What is who's this yeah. guy? Just why does Balsa Cobra Vika have a double double? Uh, I thought Kerry Blackshear was gonna, you know, like yeah. So so yeah. yeah no, I hear you, man. Great point. So, that's that's it for me, but I love your I love your choice. I, I, I would probably adopt yours if that game uh happens. So that's that's it for the schedule show, Malik. A lot of fun. Tell people where they can catch your stuff on the Orlando Magic, who very much need Markel Fultz. Yeah, no doubt. Um you can find me on Twitter at Malik G. Um the Orlando Magic podcast that I run is the close-up magic with my friend Stephen Cameron. You can find that online as well. We're on all the major platforms. Uh, we also have a Patreon if you want to support us even more closely. Um, so just definitely we love engagement. We love talking NBA, NBA to college, college NBA, uh, draft guys, all that kind of stuff. Magic are struggling. I think they're one in six, one in seven right now. I, I, who gets up with, it, with such things? I, I don't know the specifics. I know we've lost <laughs> uh, it's, it's early. <laughs> but, um, you know, but my obviously the other love is, is is Gator basketball. We'll be covering that closely as well. Be going to all the games and uh, trying to be the in town guy for Florida basketball hour for that. And uh, like I said, keep engaging us. It's going to be a fun year. I mean, there's some really fun guys. I mean, just just today, uh, Jonathan Gavoni was in town checking out the Gators, and he mentioned guys like Riley Kugel and Alex Fudge. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, another uh, member of the tribe checking out. Uh, his is dude Todd Golden, another Florida graduate, you know, so kind of getting that connection uh, going again with Draft Express and that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, look forward to seeing you guys online and, uh, you know, we love you guys. Love it. Appreciate you, Malik. And um, yeah, guys, next time that you catch me and Fawcett on the air, be talking Stony Brook. So uh, getting close, getting close, so close you can taste it. Go Gators. Keep attacking closeouts. Hello and welcome to Florida Basketball Hour. I am Neil Black from Saturday Down South. Eric Fawcett is away for this episode, so I will be joined by the great Malik Grady. Um, Y'all heard the Malik join Eric on the front court episode we're going to use. Uh, Malik from time to time this season with with Eric coaching and me coaching again so just kind of a heads up to listeners about that but I think Malik who has his own Orlando Magic podcast filled in uh, beautifully and we think you guys will really enjoy this show it's the last of our season preview shows where we take a real deep dive into Florida's schedule so um, lots to talk about hope everyone had a good time at the cocktail party despite the result anybody headed to College Station enjoy yourselves quite an incredible environment out there and basketball will return on Monday night. We'll have a Stony Brook preview up this weekend. So thank you for listening. Remember to rate us hard us on Spotify. Give us a rating, drop a review at Apple and iTunes. Any of that stuff helps. 
uh, as we are seeking sponsorships. So appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.